This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Clearly politicized. That you know, they say that I be I'm not political at all. Period. I've never been, and anybody who knows anything about me knows that that's the case. But it is very clear when people are running their campaigns mm -hmm. with an anti-Fauci element to it. I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, th 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 this is a public health issue. So, yeah, it's going to keep going, likely much more ge geared towards me. I mean, it's obviously a political issue. I'm not going to get involved. I didn't get involved before in the politics, and I'm not going to get involved now in the politics. So yeah. coming out of the holidays, should parents expect schools to shut down? I don't know, uh, uh, Margaret. I'm not sure. When, when you talk about shutting down schools, there's always the collateral That's also effects. radioactive. <laughs> exactly. There's always the collateral issue. So you have to balance, and you do it in real time, depending upon the viral load of disease in your region, whether, you know, the upper northeast may be quite different from the southwest, from the, from the, from the Pacific coast, from the upper northwest. So you have to have the local authorities evaluate on a situation-by-situation -situation basis the, the potential collateral deleterious effects with the effects of what might happen if you have so many kids getting infected. What happens is that if you look at the anti-China approach that clearly the Trump administration had right from the very beginning and the accusatory nature, the Chinese are going to flinch back and say, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to talk mm -hmm. to you about it, which is not correct. But they they're not talking be. to the Biden administration about it either. Exactly. I think that horse is out of the barn and they're very suspicious of anybody trying to accuse them. We need to have an open dialogue with their scientists and our scientists, keep the politics out of it and let the scientists, because these are scientists that we've known for decades, mm -hmm. that the Chinese, not necessarily the scientists that we know and we have dealt with and collaborated with productively for decades, but the whole establishment a political and other establishment in China, even when there's nothing at all to hide, they act secretive, which absolutely triggers an appropriate suspicion of like, what the heck is going on over there? So right now, what we would really like to know is all of the details of what went on with the original people who were infected. We keep a completely open mind as to what the origin is. Having said that, if you look at the examination by highly qualified international scientists with no political mm -hmm. agendas, they've published in peer-reviewed journals that the evidence is quite strong that this is a natural occurrence. Does that mean we've ruled out that there was something funny going on at leak? Absolutely. And I and all of my colleagues keep an absolutely open mind. We've got to investigate every possibility because mm -hmm. this is too important not to do that. The Washington Post editorial board had a, an interesting piece on this recently. I don't know if you yeah, read it, yeah. but about the secrecy regarding the origins. And it says the world 
owes those who died, six million people, but probably twice that or more to be better prepared in the future. The cover up is immense and still in place. China should now agree to a full and thorough scientific investigation that returns to Wuhan. Do you agree with that word cover up? And intentional I don't know what that distortion. means. No, I, I, it isn't that I d agree or disagree. I'm not sure what they're talking about. I mean, if cover-up is not allowing people to come in and look at all the data, that's not a cover-up. That's not being transparent. To me, well, a cover-up like the animals is, being killed no, no, before no. anyone could well, go into the market to investigate again, that. Again, I'm... I'm I, I don't want to, uh, it's going to be taken no. out of context by others for sure, but okay. that's my life. <laughs> Welcome to it. It's, it. Cover up means you know something and you're hiding it. Mm -hmm. Not being transparent and allowing things open is a little bit of a different. Okay, welcome. It is uh, Monday, 28 November in the year of our Lord, 2022. We're in battleground. Uh, welcome. I've got, uh, we're having Naomi Wolf here momentarily. Got Natalie Winters. Natalie, we went through some of this this morning, but I wanted to take more time. We were a little rushed. Fauci's exit interview. And because uh, Fauci is inextricably linked with so much of what's going on, what's going on in Beijing and the streets of Beijing right now is directly related to Tony Fauci as the chief medical advisor for President Trump and President Biden. These lockdowns, um, the, the severity of the lockdowns, uh, no answers on Wuhan. People in the streets of China, Lao Beijing, old hundred names, are, are tearing down the gates around Wuhan saying it started in Wuhan, it's going to end in Wuhan. Give us your assessment first of, of the original footage and take a little more time to, to delve down. And then you actually added some new footage, which quite frankly is shocking. And I know why CBS, I guess, has pulled that footage from what they're making available. You got to kind of track it down. So walk us through Fauci's the pathological liar, Tony Fauci's exit interview. Sure. Well, I think it's important to contextualize why exactly this exit interview happened now with Anthony Fauci, because if you remember, um, it was just last Wednesday, conveniently the day before Thanksgiving. So it really got buried in the news cycle that Anthony Fauci was deposed as part of that Missouri lawsuit into collusion between big tech and various um, officials within the Biden regime in terms of censoring stories about the true origins of COVID-19. So even despite this very convenient timing, like I said, the news cycle didn't really pick up a lot of the bombshells from that testimony, where Anthony Fauci, not only did he admit that he didn't really have any studies to support um, his support for masks, but also that the reason why he chose to implement lockdowns in the United States was because basically the Chinese Communist Party had advised him to. Um, so this interview comes on the heels of that. So I think it's sort of a, a cover-up effort for the deposition that recently transpired. But of course, with Anthony Fauci stepping down in the new year, this is also likely his last kind of, I would say, last act before the curtain closes, thank goodness. Um, but that final clip, what I really want to single out, because I think this is a perfect example of how the mainstream media works in tandem with a lot of these kind of ruling class type officials like Anthony Fauci. Um, and of course, with the Chinese Communist Party, too, there's some other very interesting parts that they edited out of the interview, specifically going after the Chinese Communist Party's conduct with SARS-CoV-1. But that final clip where Anthony Fauci, 
you know, a man who is, I would say, usually not wishy-washy with his words. He can always find the words to criticize people like Trump and Republicans, um, yet he can't really muster up the courage to criticize the Chinese Communist Party and use the word cover-up. He decides to kind of splice words and really get into semantics over cover-up versus transparency. And that final segment where he's talking about that Washington Post article, where it's even bad when, you know, the Washington Post is calling for a full-blown investigation into the origins of COVID singling out the Chinese Communist Party. But that little back and forth between him and the host, uh, Face the Nation, the show on CBS or ABC, they actually did not include that in the Sunday show airing of the interview. They edited out a lot of components of it. Another great component they edited out was where Anthony Fauci actually says that more Republicans than Democrats are dying because they're choosing to not get the vaccine. So they really took out some of his, I would say, dumbest statements. Um, but specifically on the China stuff, I think there's just a great juxtaposition there with the way that clip progresses, where you start with him saying, I've never been political from the get-go. And then you end with him basically making one of the most political statements that you could which is defending the Chinese Communist Party. And frankly, there's another political statement that is being made by omission, which is the fact that Anthony Fauci, who again is on record calling China's lockdowns extraordinary, um, can't really find the courage to criticize what's going on there right now, or even declare support for the Chinese people. So I think it's a, a very fitting end to a very uh, horrific and horrifying career as a so-called public health official and public servant. We're going to get to your, you've got a, a new uh, piece up on war about the Fauci family, but I want to get Naomi here in a second. I've got to ask you, given uh, how much he could not remember in the deposition, which was basically the vast amount of it, but even when he talked, it was so damning. Um, this guy's not ready. The way he runs his mouth and has never really been held accountable in what, 40 or 50 or 60 years with the government. He is so not ready for the investigations that are coming up. Would you agree with that statement, given his performance over the last, what, week as far? And, 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 and CBS, once again, humiliated themselves. That was, at best, coach pitch. It might not have been T-ball, but it was coach pitch. Now, uh, oh. Natalie Winters. Yeah, it was horrific, but I think that's what we've come to expect when it comes to the mainstream media whenever they interview Anthony Fauci. Um, but it's really interesting. Anthony Fauci's narrative, uh, whenever he's asked about these investigations, he sort of has, I think, the same tactic of the wash, rinse, repeat in terms of what his textbook answer is. And he always seems to bring up, um, you know, I've been testifying in front of Congress for 38 years, so I'm happy to defend anything. And I think that's a very curious point uh, to be his primary line of defense, right? It's not that I didn't do anything wrong or that you know, oh, these Republicans are going after me for, you know, nonsensical reasons. It's, no, I actually have experience lying to Americans for nearly four decades, so I'll be able to skate my way out of it just like I have every other hearing in the past. But I don't think that's going to be um, the case this time because you're not just going to have people uh, who are playing softball, much like the interview interviewers at ABC and CBS uh, in the segments we just played. So, I don't think he's going to be able to get out of it. And frankly, I don't really think uh, that that he understands. I think that he thinks these investigations, you know, are a political vendetta. House Republicans, you know, just disagree about mask mandates or lockdowns. 
No, Anthony Fauci has been the point person for the NIH's continued and expansive collaborations with the Chinese Communist Party, which really provides the backbone, I would argue, for the globalist, I would say, economic and just world model in terms of outsourcing research to China to be done in collaboration with the Chinese Communist Party. And that's why Anthony Fauci, much like Joe Biden, much like Hunter Biden, couldn't criticize what's going on in China, um, even if he wanted to, because Anthony Fauci is a symptom of a much bigger problem. He's not an isolated incident. These investigations are about dismantling this globalist apparatus that ultimately led to COVID-19. It's not just that Anthony Fauci is some rogue actor. Yes, he's rogue. And yes, in some cases, like that interview you just saw, he's a pretty good actor. Um, but Anthony Fauci is, is more so than just being complicit. He's been a key driver um, in, in really converging the American biomedical security state with its Chinese Communist Party counterparts. Natalie, hang on for one second. We'll bring Naomi in. Dr. Naomi Wolf, uh, his deposition last week through these, you know, the, 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 he went almost full Ginsburg on us on Sunday, his exit interviews. Uh, you've been on this since day one. What is your assessment, ma'am? Well, I think Natalie <clears throat> summed it up incredibly well. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. If you look at the seven hour deposition and uh, forgive me, I don't know how much of this you've just covered, but it, it dovetails with what Natalie was describing, you know, perfectly. This man, you know, as I said months and months ago, he doesn't work for us. And in the deposition, it, you know, this extraordinary kind of origin of a, 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 an unbelievable takeover of the entire planet, <clears throat> excuse me, through this biomedical apparatus that Natalie described, which we've never seen before, this convergence of ECP policy and CCP leadership with the co-opted health services and scientific uh, establishment of the entire rest of the world um, went back to its origin point. And it's incredible that none of the mainstream media are covering it. Uh, Brownstone has a wonderful summary. And um, and Aaron Cariotti, Dr. Cariotti, and Janine Yunus, who's an insufficiently in, in sung heroine of this movement, the lawyer who's working with uh, Attorney General Jeff Landry and Attorney General Eric Schmidt of um, Louisiana and of Missouri, uh, she really, you know, they, they drove him to the origin point in which there was one guy, Dr. Lane, who went to China, saw the lockdowns, which included welding people into their homes, came back and told Dr. Fauci it was all great and a good idea. And there were no, as, as Janine Muniz points out, as the attorneys general point out, no studies, no data, no peer reviewed, nothing, no double blind, anything, no science at all. A guy returning from China um, saying that locking down human beings was a good idea in the face of a virus. And, and there we had the entire crashing of our economy, the ruination of millions of families, the murderous, you know, medical interventions that we've seen for the last two and a half years. And I, I love this quote. Fauci was apparently willing to base his lockdown advocacy on the observations of a single guy relying on reports from a dictator. And that's Janine Muniz, the attorney from the ACRU, who is helping to bring this, uh, this lawsuit. And other itemization of what Dr. Fauci did for these seven hours is that he forgot and forgot and forgot and forgot everything he did to lock down this entire, entire country, ruin your kids' education, ruin a million small businesses. He couldn't remember. Um, but he also 
told a lot of lies. And uh, the Gateway Pundit has been very good about this. Again, forgive me if I'm picking up on anything you've already covered just now, but among the howlers, that stunning lies, not just prevarications, but straight up lies. He said he wasn't familiar with Drs. Barrick and Dr. Daszak, who were kind of fundamental to transferring the, the forbidden gain of function research into bat coronaviruses to Wuhan when it became outlawed in the United States um, until he was confronted with evidence from his chief of staff emailing him, reminding him that they were on his team. And that's just one of the many, many lies. So I can't stress enough, and it may be hard to kind of process this, but what, what Natalie has described and, and what I'm kind of validating, you know, in describing is literally almost a fable in which one person under the guidance of a an evil dictator in an evil country in which people are now screaming from, from skyscrapers because they're stripped of every, they're being treated worse than animals. <clears throat> Pardon me. One, one guy um, launched a war, an all-out war on the rest of the world, all of its liberties, all of its culture, all of its education, the very nature of the scientific process itself, and almost succeeded. That's what we're seeing. That's what's being revealed. You, 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 you had said, um, and at the time we first came to the show, you started making this analogy of the, of the Nazi doctors. I want to make sure everybody, because what's happened over the last five days and what Fauci went around yesterday is going to drive so much of what's happening in 2023, not just with hearings, but it's saying three. Right now we have Lao Beijing. We had these patriots in the French concession, Shanghai and Beijing, and they're standing up and saying, hey, you're, wel you're welding people shut. You're doing what you've done for the last two or three years. We had a fire. You could hear the screams of the old people and the children as they basically burned to death. And we're not going to do it anymore. You may send us to prison, but we're going to stand up for liberty. Fauci, who's been lionized by the American elite, the American media elite, from Disney to the book publishing companies, all of it, he's basically testified now of what the initial lie is is that he took a guy's, he sent a guy over, the guy came back with absolutely no evidence. They predicated everything that they recommended to the president of the United States. Everything was just kind of on a hunch of even they had seen minimum stuff from a dictator. These lockdowns, right. and the lockdowns literally destroyed young children, principally minority children on the education. They will never get that back. Kids will never yeah. get their high, their high school, you know, junior and senior years back. There's a, they destroyed so much of America, predicated upon nothing, and and this comes out in the media and and CBS and NBC and Meet the Truck Todd. Now we know why you're off TV everywhere. And CBS between what you did with Catherine Herridge on uh on the uh, laptop from hell on our bite and what you did yesterday, it's beyond a disgrace. It's beyond a national disservice. This is almost criminal in its own element that you can't get to the bottom. And Fauci gaslights you so much. I can understand why he drives people mad. But I got to tell you, this thing in, in the investigations next year to get to the bottom of it are going to shock the nation, just like you said it was, Naomi Wolf, in the spring of 2021, ma'am. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, I, I don't know why you stop short. Pardon me. I just want to make sure that camera's okay. Um, I don't know why you start short when you say almost criminal. I mean, it's literally like 
someone finding the Gulag archipelago or someone finding almost Auschwitz, like Auschwitz before they, you know, when they were just rounding them up and holding them, but before they started burning them to, to death. Um, or finding Dr. Menkel's lab, you know, finding those experiments and saying, well, this is a good idea. You know, this is an orderly place. There's no riots here. They're managing, you know, this population really well. Um, there's no, you know, there, there's a good firm control of this crisis, these Jews that were so out of control. You know, they've got this under control. Um, these verminous Jews, remember the language, these infectious Jews that were like a cancer or a disease on the body politic of, of Aryans. And it's like someone saying, well, this is a really great model. Let's export it to the rest of the world. And then the rest of the world, instead of waging a world war and bombing the, the railroads, you know, it's as if the rest of the world would say, oh, oh, okay, yeah, I see your point. You've got testimony from a guy who's come back from Mengele's lab and who's come back from Auschwitz. Um, let's, uh, let's put that into place. Let's put that model into place. And, and it's also as if all of the nations of the world um, had policymakers that were in alignment with the, the doctors of the National Socialists. I mean, I, I, I'm not overstating the case. And I also want to say, you know, people have said for two and a half years, don't be a conspiracy theorist, right? But literally everything now is, is, is coming to this one point, right? This one visit, this one um, diktat from this one dictator uh, who sent the message. And, and then the World Health Organization, let's not forget, after Dr. Lane came back to America, issued a report saying how fabulous the Chinese response to the virus was. Oh. All these people well starving to death. Great job, China. And then that was the talking point. That was the memo. That was the script for the United States of America, for Britain, for Germany, for Italy, um, for nations around the world. So you can see that it all goes back to these events and it, that it's being directed, as Natalie said, by the most tyrannical, evil regime on the face of the planet. And they they and Hunter Biden's laptop is absolutely, as I've been saying, you know, at the expense of my entire rest of my life, right? But this is true. Hunter Biden's laptop is so germane because how could a guy directed by a dictator with the backing of the World Health Organization take over our entire country to our detriment um, using the Health and Human Services? because our administration was owned by the Chinese Communist Party. And all of these other pieces now fall into place. As I've reported, I broke the story, the vaccines manufactured by the Chinese Communist Party, the ingredients are manufactured, the IP is owned by the Chinese Communist Party. And look what they've done. Two and a half years later, our nation, you know, is in, is in ruins compared to what it was. Our, our children are, are suicidal, you know, mental health, crises are off the charts, businesses are in ruins, the middle class is destroyed, our, our you know, armed forces are, are getting sick and falling over and dying and becoming sterile. This is happening all over Western Europe. I just got kicked off of YouTube again for an accurate interview with Igor Chudov in which we, and I described it on your show, in which we accurately, he accurately summarized drastic drops in the birth rates around the world based on government data. That's not misinformation, it's government databases. Um, so this, 
it, China succeeded. They made war on the entire rest of the world in a way that no one's ever made war before. Technology made it possible. Media made it possible. Social media made it possible. Just because it hasn't happened before doesn't mean it's not a war. And it's a world war. And the effects are, I mean, we have to see that that's what was done to us. And that's what's still being done to us. But the, this hearing, which literally should be on the front page of the New York Times, and the Wall Street Journal, that, that, you know, no one but my friend Jeffrey, you know, at Brownstone is, is, is covering, you know, in Daily Cloud and you and, you know, people who should be following the mainstream media instead of taking the place of the mainstream media. Um, that details how the entire United States of America was brought to its knees by one guy at the behest of the Chinese Communist Party. Naomi, how do people uh, get to Daily Cloud now more than ever and how do they follow you? How do they get to the book? Yes, come to dailycloud.io. Please help us because our lawsuits are moving into really high gear. Um, our lawyers have demanded books and uh, documents from one of the entities that we're suing. And uh, one of our lawyers also has sent 10 letters to state attorneys general um, for reckless endangerment uh, by the CDC. Um, so our multiple legal uh, offenses are, are you know, moving past new landmarks, but we need your help for it. So please donate or become a member at dailycloud.io. And the book is The Bodies of Others at allseasonspress.com or anywhere you buy books. And as always, you know, thank you, Natalie Winters. And thank you for, you know, bringing this She's amazing. Absolutely amazing. By the way, Body of Others, the arc of the story of uh, Naomi Wolf. It's very powerful. Naomi, uh, thank you very much for taking time away to join us. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Nick. Talk about three powerhouses, Naomi Wolf, Natalie Winters, Lara Logan's going to join us in a second. Uh, Natalie, I'm going to ask you to hold over. The question I, I want you to answer when you come back is the Fauci investigation, what's going to happen on Fauci? And I think you said it. It's the biomedical security state. People have heard of the national security state. Naomi has talked about, I know you've talked about the biomedical security state. I wanted to I'll ask you when we come back, uh, how are we going to get to the bottom? This, this biomedical security state is as powerful or maybe even more powerful than the national security state. We're going to take a short commercial break. I've got Natalie Winters. We're going to have Lara Logan, all of it when we return in the war room, a battleground. Be back in just a moment. Americans are discovering that if we want to change this nation, we have to change the way the marketplace works. Look, woke corporations are seeking to divide us. Big banks are freeing the, freezing the accounts of people who disagree with their political views. And our supply chain is dependent upon countries that actively work against our values, like the Chinese Communist Party. It's time for a change. And that change starts with you and your wallet. That's why I'm proud to partner with Public SQ, the largest network of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses and consumers our nation has ever seen. Public SQ is the first app to connect freedom-loving Americans with their local community and the businesses that share their values. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that can never cancel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect 
with other local members. And here's the best part of it. It's absolutely free to join. Just download the Public SQ app from the Apple Store or Google Play. Create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. Download the app today. Public SQ. That's Public SQ. Public SQ. Go to the Apple App Store or Google Play. Take action. Do this today. It's hard to grasp why anyone would keep voting for record inflation, skyrocketing crime, and an open border. Likewise, why would anyone keep funding the left by sticking with the big carriers? Patriot Mobile is America's only and I repeat only, Christian conservative wireless provider. They want to make it easy for you to try their service. Give them 60 days to show you why I, Stephen K. Bannon, trust them. Right now, when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, you get a third month free, plus free activation. They offer nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks and use the same towers as all three of the major carriers. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedom. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. If you're fed up with the woke companies that don't care about your values, support a company that does. Make the switch today and get a free month of service plus free activation. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call 972-PATRIOT. Look, you did the tough thing during COVID. You paid your people and you pulled your business through the pandemic. And now doing the tough thing could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at COVIDTaxRelief.org. Government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. This is not a loan, and you don't have to pay it back. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts at COVIDTaxRelief.org. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work and share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans. Even if you had an increase in sales. You did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let COVIDTaxRelief.org help get you up to $26,000 per employee. Visit COVIDTaxRelief.org. That's COVIDTaxRelief.org. Do this today. Take action at COVIDTaxRelief.org. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. We're going to go to Gillespie, Texas, to a winery called The Edge, to one of the best investigative reporters of her generation, Laura Logan. Uh, Laura, um, before we talk about the biomedical security state, what's happening in Beijing and Tony Fauci's involvement in all this and these disastrous depositions and interviews he's given the last couple of days, you've spent so much of your life recently uh, talking about voter fraud, election integrity. We had this really uh, a day that will live in infamy in Maricopa County earlier today. Patriots stood up for hours, war room posse members, precinct strategy. People have been poll workers, poll watchers, and gave their eyewitness testimony about how this was a debacle that crashed on election day uh, with a chapter and verse. They brought the receipts, the Maricopa County um, 
supervisors, the majority of whom are Republicans, sat there with smug condescension and disenfranchised the people of Arizona and voted unanimously to certify this election. Given your work over the last year or so, put in perspective what happened in Maricopa County today and how important it is uh, about the direction of this republic, ma'am. You know, Steve, every now and then you get one of these issues that exposes the fact that that there isn't a left and a right or a Democrat versus Republican Party, Um, that increasingly we're being uh, pushed into a world, a a new kind of us-them divide, right? And this is the divide of people who believe in the sanctity of elections over the sanctity of parties, right? Who care about the principles and not about the the people um, that are involved. And that's This is one of those issues, because what you see here is Maricopa County has exposed the officials who claim to be Republicans, who claim to represent one side of the political aisle. But at the end of the day, what they don't want is anyone looking too closely at what it is they did in Maricopa County. And when you have, you know, over 40 percent of the machines that have already been tested and when they were tested, there were no issues. And, you know, a short time later, they're used in a real election and there are problems in, I think, 48 percent of the machines. It's like, come on. You know, you you know, if you really believe in the sanctity of elections, then you will want something to be done about that. If you really believe that if we don't uh, all have faith in the outcome of our elections, that our democracy is at risk, then you will do everything that is required to restore the people's faith, which means open up the books, open up all the books open up the machines, open up all the records, and you've got nothing to fear. If you are telling the truth, you have nothing to fear. But the reality is that in in counties across the United States of America, there are corrupt officials, they are Republicans, and they are Democrats. They are supposedly on opposite ends of the spectrum. And you know what they have in common? They do not represent the people of the United States of America. They do not care about the Constitution and they do not care about the principles of freedom and uh, the principles on which this country was founded. And they show that time and time and time again, because when they have the opportunity to prove it to the people, they every time choose the coward's way out. And this is a moment now for people to see them for who they truly are. We now are in no illusions about the Bill Gates of Maricopa County, right? He's shown his true colors, and so have the rest of them at the Board of Elections in Maricopa, over the objections of their constituents, over the objections of the GOP locally, over the objections of people all across this country. They have certified an election that the truth is they have absolutely no way to vouch for those results. It is a complete lie, and and they have been put to shame by Cochise County, right, in Arizona, and put to shame by another county in Pennsylvania, Counties that had the courage to stand up and say, we're not going to certify an election that we can't stand by. And the real truth here is that there isn't an election official in America who can certify an election that is run by machines because they don't speak code. They don't go into those machines. They don't test them. They don't have the vaguest idea what they're talking about. When they tell you they certify that election, they're lying, 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 lying through their teeth. And the reality is that uh, when they say they do risk limiting audits and all these other controls, you know what you find when you peel back the curtain? Oh wait, a risk limiting audit is you looked at maybe a hundred ballots out of how many thousands? And you use that you know, test sample to say that all of them 
are valid until we have an election system that can be verified and transparent by anyone in this country. It should be like jury duty. You should have kids in high schools that are there. You should have cameras. You should have every step of the process be transparent because you know what I discovered when I worked on this for seven months straight is that every step of the process is involved with fraud. That's the truth of our elections. There's no part of our elections that isn't subject to fraud. And it's time to stop lying to ourselves and lying to each other. What do you say? Look, you've been all over the country uh, giving seminars, speeches, leading workshops. What do you say to that 10 to 20 percent of the country, of the deplorables, these hardworking men and women, many of whom have been veterans or children or grandchildren have served the country, that when they look at Maricopa County, particularly when they're Repub- establishment Republicans on this majority board and they just with this smug condescension, just vote unanimously after hearing all the, the evidence, which was overwhelming, and they just vote to certify it. And, and God bless Mojave County and Cochise County, some of these rural counties. But what do you say, Laura Logan, as a leader of this movement, to those 10 or 20 percent say, hey, look, I hear you guys, but you know what? I'm going to go raise my family. I'm going to go farm. I'm going to move out west. I'm just okay. this is not for me. Right. I'm just it just it doesn't matter anymore because there's nothing that can be done to change it. What do you say, ma'am? So I'm a journalist, Steve. You know, I'm not an activist and I'm not a leader. But what I know as a journalist is you need to look to Brazil and you need to look to China because the price that those people are willing to pay to stand up for their principles is a lesson to all of us. And all those people who say, you know, I'm, I'm depressed, I'm down, I did everything that was asked of me, I stood up, I would tell you it's a, it's a marathon. It's an endurance marathon. You know, people like yourself, people like me, there's many of us who uh, were, you know, we were thrown into this long before the vast majority of people realized where we were. I was savagely, you know, attacked over my Benghazi reporting. And I didn't even know there was such a thing as the deep state at the time. But I've had more than a decade in this fight. Okay, and so I know from personal experience that it's an endurance marathon. And those people who think, oh, you know, I just want to enjoy my retirement. You know, I don't want to live out the rest of my days with all this stress and everything else. I worked hard all my life. I don't need this problem. Or those people who think, you know, if I just keep my head down, then this is somehow going to pass me by. And one day we'll go back to the way things used to be. What I would say to you is if you're still worrying about what you could lose and what you're risking by standing up, then you've missed the boat. You've literally missed the boat. Because this is a window of opportunity. We don't get to have our lives and our decisions count like this ever again. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And if I were to wake up every day and look at it as a burden and look at it as, you know, the weight that I'm carrying because I'm, I'm risking everything and I don't have this anymore and I don't have that anymore. You know, the New York Times doesn't write glowing profiles about me anymore. Right. I'm reduced to the CIA sponsored propaganda of the Daily Beast that tries to cast me as alt right or far right or push me to the fringes of, you know, alt right lunacy because they don't like they don't want to hear the truth. I don't care anymore about any of that, because I know that we have a window to make our lives and our choices count. And we will never get this opportunity again. Once it's gone, it's gone. And I know that the decision that really matters for me 
is when I reach the end of this road and I stand before God and he says, once you knew, once you knew, Lara, what did you do? And if my answer is nothing, oh, you know what I did, Steve? I went to my beach house. Oh, no, wait. Uh, I continued to have a great life because I was hoping that if, you know, if I didn't go to the Capitol on January 6th, that I would somehow be okay. That's not how this works. Look around you. The attacks are accelerating. You know, it's gone from just being what you can say on television as a journalist. It's being the subjects that you're not allowed to. There is, there is Americans across this country who are censored every single day. Why are we not fighting for the First Amendment? You think they're going to bring it back? So you think they're just going to say, oh, okay, look what's happening at Twitter, right? You literally have journalists standing up and saying, we need more censorship. We've got to get off Twitter. CBS News got off Twitter because they wanted to assess the security situation with Elon Musk. Are you kidding me? I spent so much of my life as, uh, you know, proud to work at 60 Minutes as a correspondent and as the chief foreign correspondent at CBS News. And I worked with great people. What has happened to you? Did you lose your minds? I'm sorry, but we've got people like Balenciaga and all these fashion brands that are, are pushing uh, pedophilia and Satanism, and I'm the crazy one? No, 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 no. You're not going to rewrite history. You're not going to convince me of something that's not true. You're creating 400 different types of gender, and I'm the crazy one? I don't think so, okay? That's not how this works. I'm not crazy because I'm not going to believe some crap that you made up, all right? And it is crap that you made up to manipulate and control. So what I would say to people is don't miss your chance. Don't miss your chance to make it count because you're not going to have this chance forever. And what you think you're risking, it's already gone if it even existed in the first place. You, you, you mentioned I was going to go to Brazil and Beijing now, but I got to drill down on something you just said, because this deals with this whole issue of trafficking. They dismiss people about that and say crazy. This fashion house, this is so disturbing. And what's come out since then has been so disturbing. This is a multi-billion dollar, uh, really a powerhouse as far as brands go. Uh, and now they're disavowing. They didn't know anything about it. But as they look into other people that have had creative positions there, yep. it gets darker and darker and more twisted. Yep. Connect that to everything that's going on in trafficking, fentanyl and everything, because I think that this may be the uh, event that opens eyes to a lot of people that are saying, hey, people have been demonized and being, uh, you know, talked about as being crazy. Maybe they're not qu quite so crazy. Lara Logan. It's so interesting uh, that you put it that way, Steve. You're absolutely right about that. I've been watching the Balenciaga scandal grow and grow and grow. And, you know, I got to tell you, I'm really proud of my 13-year-old son because he was a huge Balenciaga fan. This was his dream. I actually once bought him a wallet with Balenciaga on it. And this was the gift of his entire life, right? And he is the first person to say to me, Mom, I want nothing to do with this. It's over, right? I want nothing more to do with Balenciaga. Don't worry. Scratch it off the Christmas list. Scratch it off my birthday list because this is one of the worst things I have ever seen. And I read him today a poem, if you can call it that, that was on the site of the main set designer at Balenciaga. And, you know, he looked at me and he said, Mom, the photographs are disturbing. But I got to tell you, the words, 
the words. And I would urge anybody, if you are interested in this and in understanding what it's all about, is Valenciaga, of course, had these photographs with children with teddy bears and bondage and, and so on. And they thought they could get away with it by just, you know, quickly removing those pictures from their website. But it's, it's grown and more and more and more is coming out. And why this is so significant is that I know, having worked in the industry, how many people are involved in making a photograph like that happen. They try to blame the photographers, which is just a joke, right? As if the photographer has any real say in any of this. No, it comes back to the stylist. It comes back to those in charge of the brand, to the front office, to the money people, to the cyber people, to the marketing people, to the, to the, the, the booking agencies, people booking the kids and paying for them to come in, to the parents who allow their kids to be part of this, to all of the, the set designers and all the, I mean, when you start to look, Steve, at the, the infrastructure that is around a single advertising campaign at any of these brands, make no mistake that we are talking about dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of people who are directly involved. And this is so important because it's not just Balenciaga. That stylist turns out to be working with Adidas as well. The same brand, by the way, that canceled Kanye West. I love that. We're going to cancel yay. You know, but we're totally fine with Satanism and pedophilia and all of this. And you got, you know, I really urge people to have a look at the designer, the set designer for Balenciaga, because when you start to see what she's pushing and you start to see that the tentacles reach out and they reach into the Ukraine with Maria Abramovich and people like that. And less. Oh, my goodness. This is the unmentionable. Right. Let's not mention the fact that this extends all the way to. Let's see. What does the FBI have on their website? as symbols of pedophilia. Well, that pizza is a term and cheese pizza is a term that's frequently used as a reference by pedophiles. It's used by the FBI in cases that they have. And it is a named, uh, has been named on the FBI's website. You know, if you can't find it online, look in the Wayback Machine or you go to one of the sites that has found it. And so what you realize is that these terms are prolific and they're used by pedophiles themselves and they're used all across the instant, you know, social media. And this is why Elon Musk and what he's doing at Twitter right now is worth consideration. I don't know about Elon Musk. People say this, they say that. I can't prove anything. But what I know is that I left Twitter because I know that Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and all of these social media platforms that are lording over everybody and censoring everyday Americans, if you want to question the results of an election, but it's totally fine to push pedophilia and to have enormous campaigns and algorithms that are written to make people like Shane Dawson, right? Shane Dawson is another one who was pushing pedophilia. He had 20 something million followers on YouTube. Let me tell you, you don't get 20 million followers organically on YouTube. That's because the brand and the company and the front office and all these people, they are fully behind the messages that you're pushing. So, and what you see is there are survivors of child trafficking that are on these platforms that have been trying to get them to do something about it forever. So it's really significant that Elon Musk comes in and what does he do? He straight away cleans out the account of three of the biggest trafficking candles on Twitter. Oh, wow. So they actually knew who these people were and they didn't do anything about it. But wait, let me remember. Oh yeah, they'll take Donald Trump. They'll take Donald Trump, the president of the United States. They'll take him off Twitter. But trafficking kids, that's totally fine. And by the way, if I talk about it, I'm the crazy one. Mm, I don't think so. I know the difference between sane and crazy. And those are the crazy people, okay? When you're posting pictures of yourself, 
you know, um, and, and you've got a, a woman lying there on a satanic pentagram, or you've got a woman there with her guts hanging out, or you're promoting your favorite band is, is about cannibalism, they're your favorite musicians, and you're pushing this stuff out, I think you're the crazy person. And I think that if, we're, if people aren't so afraid of how they're portrayed and aren't so afraid of the consequences, we can all admit that Democrats and Republicans agree on this, right? People from every side of the aisle agree that, that you know, if there's any kind of satanic rituals going on that involve the sacrifices of children, it's not okay. And it doesn't matter who's doing it. I don't care who's doing it. It is not okay. And by the way, trafficking kids is not okay. And why it's so important for people to look at the whole picture is that these things go hand in hand. When you talk about trafficking, you know what? You don't have trafficking without drugs. People do drugs because it makes them do crazy things. They get people to comply because they do drugs. You know, if you go, you talk to any cop that's been involved in busting trafficking rings, they'll tell you that a lot of these victims are addicted to narcotics. How do they control them? They get them addicted to narcotics. And so why is that significant? Well, we just happen to have the most open border in the history of the United States of America. We have people who don't believe in the borders of the United States running these policies, right? They're implementing their open border policy, the policies of the United Nations, the policies of global organizations. And what does it happen to do? Well, they've opened the door for narcotics. And at the same time, the same people are fighting in the courts to have the minimum mandatory sentencing for narcotics reduced or obliterated, just wiped away completely. These are the same people installing their district attorneys um, all across America who won't prosecute drug crimes, right? And I'm not saying that the only thing you can do for a, for a drug addict is to put them in prison. Nobody wants to see that happen. For goodness sake, I'm a mother, right? I want solutions to these problems. But I understand at the same time that when you have more Americans dying of drug overdoses than at any time in the history of this country, you have the deadliest street drug in the history of the world all over your streets, coming pouring across the border on a daily basis, and you don't even talk about it? You don't talk about it, and you're basically crushing the law, you're crushing enforcement of the law, and you are pushing the policies that proliferate this, plus you are lying about the mental cost to Americans. We have an epidemic of mental illness, and no one asks where it's coming from or looks at the, the, you know, the link between narcotics, illegal narcotics, and uh, mental illness. How do I know? Because I went from homeless camp to homeless camp to homeless camp in San Francisco, and I couldn't find a person I could put on television in good conscience because their brains are eaten away by these pharmaceuticals that are produced in labs now, right? These are not some marijuana growing up out of the ground. These are laboratory-produced pharmaceuticals, and where do they come from? Well, this is the part where it start, you start to connect the dots. They come, yes, now today from the Mexican cartels, but is that where they began? No, it's not. They started in China, right? They started because our pharmaceutical companies sold us out to the Chinese so they could make more money, more profit. Yes. And they, they, they exported their manufacturing capability, which gave the Chinese Communist Party everything that they needed to find the deadliest drugs and then let, to pr proliferate let, that let, in let, America. And the Chinese, Steve, I'll, I'll Larry, end with this. Gotta, the Chinese understand yeah. all about drug warfare because it goes back to the 1800s when they lost the Opium Wars to the British and the Second Opium War to the, the British and the French. The Opium Wars. Lara, real quickly, how do people get to you? How do they get you on social media? How do they get to your show? 
You can find me on Locals. You can find me on Truth Social. And you can find me back on Twitter for now. I'm giving Elon Musk a chance. And uh, <laughs> and you can uh, you will be able to find my show again at my website because I'm going to be doing my, my investigative show on my own. Lara Logan, you're a patriot and, and a hero. Birthday. Thank you very much for joining us. Happy birthday. Thanks, guys. Love you. Love you down in Gillespie, Texas. You guys fight on. Thank you. We'll see you back here at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. You're watching Lindell TV. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.